As always, I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. Um, just in case you forgot, today is the second day of Choptober. What I mean by that is that my favorite sports team, the Atlanta Braves, is in the playoffs. We are the Braves, thus we tomahawk chop. It's a whole thing. Um, tomorrow we have our first <sighs> playoff game. And I'm really nervous, but I'm really excited. I haven't seen the Braves in the playoffs proper in many years, and uh, I'm really excited for it because it's the first year since I've really been a big, you know, fan. Since I've really followed it obsessively. Um, Aside from that, now that that's out of the way, uh, I've got a really great episode. My guest on this episode is Jennifer Baird. She is on Quiet Wyatt, the team that I coach, much like Brandon Jerger, previous guest on the show of NBA theme fame. You'll start to see a pattern arise if you haven't already. Uh, if, if you're an avid listener of MBSing, um, MBS heads, as Matt Visconage so dubbed you all. Um, I've mostly been getting guests who are people on improv or sketch teams that I'm associated with. Because it's easy, and those are my best friends, you guys. And so, you know, they're the ones who are asking me about the show and listening to it and asking to be guests. Uh, with, you know, a number of exceptions, obviously. But, uh, yeah, so that's just um, what's on deck. Some other teammates, so deal with it. I, th- I think it makes for, for fun stories and things like that. Um, I want to thank a, a lot of people for giving me a, a good amount of feedback. Not necessarily um, uh, critical feedback, but just that you guys have been listening, um, and I will segue that into the Nerdalogs iTunes review contest we're trying to run with the podcast network. If you are an avid listener, if you are an MBS head, um, you've been listening to the podcast a lot, go on iTunes, review it, um, give it a star rating. You don't even have to type anything, I don't think, if you don't really want to, um, and that helps us show up in the iTunes uh, store. Um, so do that with mine. If you listen to your stories or the Nerdalogcast or both, do that with theirs. And uh, once we get a little bit of those accrued, we may have a little contest to have someone as a guest on one of the shows. Uh, we think that's pretty cool. So check it out. Um, throw your name in the hat if that's if you think that's something you would want to do. Um, speaking of your stories in the Nerdlogcast, check those out. The most recent two episodes of both that have been posted are just amazing. Um, the regular your stories, Alex Talavera's last one is just fantastic. 
There's especially your stories that I mentioned on an episode of MBSing um, about a month ago that was at the Upstairs Gallery's Jangle Heart Circus that I think is just fantastic. We got some really cool guests on that, including myself. I tell a very twee story that's very uh, saccharine um, listening back to it, but I think it's fun. It's it's a little insight into why I do what I do and how I got into it um, as far as performing um, and the Nerdalog cast, I was a guest on that, and I also told some personal stories, because I'm an idiot, and I can't keep anything to myself, um, but, yeah, it, it was really fun, uh, please, please, if you like this, I think you'll like those as well, check them out, um, a couple plugs for the end of the show, or, you know, for the end of the intro, oh, boy, um, as always, Ray Ray Wednesdays, 8 p.m. at the Wengert Mai Theater. That's at Sheffield and Newport. Um, it's free for improvisers. Let's say if you give them my name at the door, you get $5 off. You see what I did there? $5 off. You get a $5 ticket just for saying that you heard about the show from me. Pretty good deal, guys. Can't get too many things for 50% off. And big... Big fun, big news, big plug. This Sunday, October 6th, the Nerdalogs presents Screw These Guys, Am I Right? at 7 p.m. at the Public House Theater. Uh, That is at Clark, just south of Irving Park. I'm really proud of this show. I kind of named it. Um, So that's kind of a big deal. And I get to do some really fun things that are... Uh, if you listen to this podcast at all, you'll appreciate because there, there, there's, there, there, there's things that are like secrets, but I don't keep them secret. Is that vague enough for you? You'll have to come to find out Sunday, seven o'clock public house theater. Um, this episode was so amazing. It was, it was, it was very, you know, personal, uh, Jennifer has lived with, uh, dyslexia, huh, wow, irony, um, she's lived with dyslexia most of her life, she wasn't diagnosed until she was 15 years old, um, but I, uh, don't take my word for it, take hers. Yeah, I I don't have any problem with Friday that. Show was fun. I'm still giggling. It was it. so fun. I was out for my run this morning. Three mi- three point one miles, five k in twenty six minutes. That's awesome. With an eight thirty three pace per mile. That's awesome. Yeah. How long have you always been a runner? No, really? No. You see, ever since I've known you, you've run a lot. I just uh, started doing it the past two years. I I did the couch to 5K. Oh, cool. taught myself how to run. That's a really good training thing, right? Yeah. I was the kid in school who would come in 45 minutes later because she couldn't run a mile. Oh, my gosh. I was the one, my stupid, evil gym teacher, Mrs. Hartsock, (laughs) would scream at me and be all mad, and I'd just be like... Because they don't teach you how to run. Yeah. They just breathing think, and they just think technique and stuff. You can just do it. And to learn how to run, you actually have to do intervals. You yeah. have to run, you have to walk, you have to yeah. run, you have to walk, and train yourself to do mm-hmm. it. That's always how uh, I, I was running a lot while I still didn't have a job. 
uh, I think I talked about that on like a really early episode. Um, just because I I had time to, and I would always do interval running. Like I just couldn't constantly run. <laughs> I had to take breaks, but I got a lot better for sure. I got to where I could do a whole mile without taking a break. But yeah, I'm I'm very uh, proud of myself. It, it's my stress reliever. Good. I'm like, it's a healthy stress bah. reliever. But anyway, I'm in the middle of this run, and you mm-hmm. know, I space out. I started thinking about the show, and I just started laughing. It was and there really was a good. charity walk through the park. <laughs> and these people are like, uh, that runner is weird. Why She's is laughing this girl hysterically. Just laughing at nothing. I do that on my bike every once in a while. It whether it's something, whether it's like a podcast I'm listening to, or it's just something that I'm thinking about, I'll just be like riding up Southport and just burst out laughing. Uh, something's just tickling. I started thinking about when I did a callback, and then Taylor runs in because I was talking about the drunk Swatch guy. Oh yeah. And then I started giggling about a scene Brandon did needing to be buried with a syrup bottle. Uh, <laughs> I'm like. We're so dumb. This it is was, so great. It was real dumb. I had a great weekend for just like silly, fun improv shows. Like, not e- I didn't even do any. I just went and saw a bunch of shows this weekend and like hung out and it was just so, everything was so dumb, but in the best, like most fun and, way. And my scene with Christy, it was so sweet, but it got so fun and stupid. Mm-hmm. It was great, though. It was like the rule of three, and it was like, yes, and there's a pool. Oh, yeah. I, for, I forgot she did that. that uh, was we so we wanted to bring it back, but uh-huh. we just ran out of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching that. Uh, my guest today is Jennifer Baird. Uh, she's going to be talking to us about dyslexia. Yes, that is correct. Uh, and she uh, is on Quiet Wyatt with former guest Brandon Jurder. I am their coach and friend. <laughs> Best coach ever. Oh shucks. I don't know about all that. <laughs> yes, you are. But I have a blast with it, and you guys are so sweet. Um, let's because I just it. brought cookies. That's why. I'm you sweet. that there's merit to that. Jennifer brought us some uh, uh, cranberry white chocolate cookies from. Jewel, and they were awesome. They bribe people with food. <laughs> hey, there are worse things. There are worse things. There are also worse things to stress relief than running. So, if if the worst things that you do are run to relieve stress and buy people food to bribe them, I think you're doing <laughs> pretty well for yourself. I would agree. <laughs> Good. Good. I'm also kicking myself that I left the cookies in the living room with my roommate and a couple other friends because I wish I'd brought another one in here. But they will be gone. We'll just. They won't be gone. There may be a number of them gone, but we'll just have to wait 45 oh, minutes okay. or so and go grab one. <laughs> cool. But yes, I am in fact dyslexic. Nice. What's, uh, <laughs> nice. Uh, how, what's the inception of, like, how did you get diagnosed and everything? Um, well, I was actually not, God, my eye is watering. I was not diagnosed until I was 15. Wow. Um, my mom knew something was up when I was little, because she mm. didn't get those little activity books you do. Yeah. And wasn't quite moving along the, I guess, educational path that most okay. children do. My mom sure. was kind of like... Oh, something's up here. 
That's funny. She's doing things that I've done because my mother is technically also dyslexic. Interesting. She was not formally diagnosed, but having she, met your mom, you seem uh, to be very similar in a lot of ways. Yes, we are. <laughs> she she has more talent in the art department sure. than I do. I cannot. She, draw she, your mom is a professional artist, yes. right? Vis- yes, professional visual artist. Very much so, but I can't draw a stick person. No, painting or she does. Oh gosh, everything. I know you sent that link, and I haven't looked. Um, she does uh, installations at the moment. Cool. Like big in people's houses and stuff. Huge in no or just in, things uh, that you can show in museums, galleries, big museum. like pieces. Cool, that's so cool. Uh, so I'm sure that affected the way that she saw your learning disability. Yeah, from, definitely from having it from her own standpoint. Why? Uh, so you got like you did a test for it when you were 15 to get diagnosed or. Yeah, because uh, we, we moved a lot in the state of Kansas because there's just so much to see. <laughs> but in each school district we were in did not want to cooperate with my mother. One school, when I was in kindergarten, this would have been um, 1985, 84. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear God. I uh, am old. Um, I wasn't born yet. Oh, shut up. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about it. Sorry. Oh, no, wait, I'm wrong. This would have been 1983. Oh, God. Wow, that was when my brother anyway, was born. Anyway, um, <laughs> they wanted to put me on Ritalin. Wow. I was a very quiet, quiet, to myself, shy child. You're what, four or five? Yeah. And I was very much, I was not hyperactive, none of that. And they're like, I eh, just put her on a drug. My mom Weird. was like, hell no. Because because of the learning disability? Because they didn't think you were learning well? You be, various things. I mean, this was the 80s. Nobody knew anything. Wow. And I just thank God my mom knew enough Stopped to be like, happening. this is not right. Yeah, I feel like there, I don't know if this is fact, but I don't think there are any long-term effects of Ritalin. I know there are short-term effects of, like, very big, you know, personality changes and uh, things like that, like brain chemistry changes for when you're on it. I do think it's one of those things, that and, uh, what's the new Adderall, are getting very, like, I feel like the when I was younger, uh, there were a lot of kids in my class on Ritalin, but I feel like it's getting even more heavily prescribed because I just think we live in a time when there's more things to distract kids. So it's just like ah, throw them on some meds. Maybe they exactly. won't play Angry Birds. Exactly. Because you know? I have this mental image of them giving me this and me being such a quiet kid, at least mm-hmm. in school, and then just being comatose. Oh, really? She'd be like, eh, she'll wake up eventually. Wow. She'd be like, because wow. that's probably what it would have done. Yeah. It's just like, I would have been like a zombie five-year-old. Right, and that's such a bummer. Do you, do you know who Wes Perry is? No, I do he's not. A, he's a Chicago performer. He did a one-man show, and he also like got weirdly misdiagnosed and misprescribed for things like his entire childhood. Oh, that would it was suck. it was crazy. But I think it really has like helped him form into the person that he is now, but at the same time it's just like kind of scary to hear him talking about it. He was on like lots of different cocktails of drugs and like went to doctors and stuff like that and 
instead of like trying to figure out what was wrong, they'd just be like, nah, give him this. It'll probably balance it out. You know, it was, it was very odd. But, uh, anyway. But, um, anyway, so, like, you know, years of this, so by the time I'm hitting, you know, end of elementary, going into middle school, being a preteen, I just thought I was dumb. Oh. I, I mean, I was just like, well, I guess I just can't learn like everybody else does, because I was always so envious of the other kids in my cl- class that could just pick up information and, and I'm sure, like, testing, you couldn't have been doing oh, very well. Oh, testing was awful. Because here's the weird thing. Uh-huh. My grades were good. Really? The, but there But there would occasionally be maybe one or two classes where my grades were not so hot. Which were, like, English or something like that? Or? I, it was, like, when it fell into spelling and reading. Yeah, of course. And then math. My grades would be teetering. But other than that, they're like, we don't get it, though. Because overall, she's actually... Because she, she has great grades. You can mix up numbers too, right? Oh yeah, I transpose numbers, um, letters, how I see them, and then when it's with words, also how I hear it. Huh. I, like, I couldn't find a definition online that I liked. But oh really? The general one is, it's, um, dyslexia is a general term for disorders that involve different in learning to read or interpret words, letters, and other symbols. But that does not affect your general intelligence. That was the definition that I sort of approve of. Yeah. I thought it was kind of That's dumb. solid. What it read to read and interpret Okay. In learn difficult to learn and read and interpret words, letters, and other symbols. Huh. Interesting. So you dealt with this for a long time. How do you? How did you still manage to get good grades? You just like did enough work for um, everything, or my parents really <laughs> like. You know, when most kids maybe had, like, an hour or two of homework, I was doing this all night. Of course. And my parents would just sit up with me, and, I mean, homework for me took... Though, yeah, there were many, especially in fifth grade and sixth grade. I mean, we're talking almost all night, just my parents sitting down with me, helping me to get my assignments done. Crazy. I mean, I was exhausted. I don't know how I still found time to do all the other activities I did. Because, I mean, I've been taking dance lessons since I was a small child. And, you know, all the other things kids do. Yeah. But finally in high school, my mom takes me out of class one day, which I was for. Uh... <laughs> I was like, yes, I get to skip school. Um, and, uh found a psychologist because we were now living in Overland Park. Okay. Um, and yeah, because yeah, you started in on that at some point that you guys moved around yeah, a lot. Yeah, we moved around a lot. I moved to Overland Park in 87. Um, so Still this before was... I was born. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about it! <laughs> uh, I'm gonna cry in a corner when I... Uh, <laughs> Ow. It's okay. Um, so... so this was now 1993 and I was 15. When some of you were now just being born. Yeah, I was five. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I, I'll stop, but I find this hilarious. Uh, uh, <laughs> so you were 15. Yeah, I was 15 years you're old. I was a psychologist. Um, and uh, my mom takes me to go get tested, and we finally figure out what the hell is going on. Why do you think it... Why do you think it... Why do you think it took that long? Why do you think they waited so long? Um, school districts 
didn't want to Help deal it. with me because I was not mentally or physically disabled. Gosh, and that's I crazy. Think, therefore, I was an added expense. Yeah. I've had, I've got friends who have severe attention deficit uh-huh. who actually really, really do. Yeah, yeah. And the same things happen to them. They got, it just got skimmed you, over. You just sort of fall through the cracks. That sucks, man. And they look at you like, oh, you're an expensive dollar sign to us. We don't we'll want to deal it with it. It's water this under is the expensive. Bridge. So, man. Here, have a drug. Go so, away. and they might even just, like, flub stuff to make sure you guys get to other, like, No Child Left Behind type program of uh, just, like, well, they did well enough. Send them on. So you never had any, like, specialty classes or anything like that? Uh, like, what did, what did they call, there was a class for LD at, when I was growing up, uh, it is considered a learning disability, right? Dyslexia? Uh, Oh, yeah. Okay, I was just making sure that I wasn't misrepresenting that. Um, there was a class, but I can't remember what, what, what the, the teachers were called. I can't, I'm sorry. Um, I, there were classes like that, but not for, like, me, per se. Mm-hmm. I mean, usually the ones that existed were maybe kids who actually had more of a mental, physical oh, sure, issue, sure. Right, or right, right. kids who were troubled at home, mm-hmm. or whatever. Though, interestingly enough, in high school, I got put into, um... It would have been a, a version of study hall, except with a teacher present for help. But it, they would stick kids in there who were also troubled children, who didn't really necessarily need help in school. They just needed some counseling wow. with their own issues, but they would stick me in there. So huh. I'd be next to a kid who had a serious problem at home, and I'm going... I just need help with my geometry. Oh my gosh, that's insane. I'm like, well, this kid here probably needs actual therapy. I just yeah. need you to tell me what the hell these numbers so mean. So it was just like a class where they were just like, ah, something's wrong with this kid. Let's <laughs> put him in there. Was it like one one period a day or? Yeah, it was kind of like in the middle of the day. I mean, I was real thankful that the woman who was put in charge of it was wonderful. Yeah. But bless her heart, she's yeah. dealing with a kid who had an actual drug problem and serious problems at home. And then there's me who's like, I oh. just need help with my homework. It's interesting that you say that. Uh, I sp- that was like that being on a high school level. I have a friend in Chicago, Becca Tobel, who... Uh, used to be an LD teacher at an elementary school. And she also had a really wide variety of, like, backgrounds of the kids that she taught. I say taught past tense because she just got laid off. Her program got cut from CPS. Or, like, her... There were so many, like, teachers that needed to be cut, and they couldn't fire, like, a grade-level teacher. So because she was, like, a specialty teacher, she was the one who got laid off. It was really... Sad, actually. Which is interesting, because the program I was in in high school eventually, before it graduated, got cut. Really? Yeah, Gosh. they, they ixnated it. Isn't that so, like, telling, though? After just having that conversation about letting 90s. everything throw... Yeah. After just having the conversation about, like, letting things fall through the cracks, here we are discussing 
the only things that the school system had set up to try to address learning disabilities and, and troubled students getting cut from both schools. Yeah. That's crazy. And, and Becca was an amazing teacher. She did a program called Secret Reader where she would have one of her friends, usually an improviser, come in every Friday and read a book to the kids and eat a snack with them. And at the end of the year, they had a huge Secret Reader party and, like, most of the school participated and all the Secret Readers came back and read to them and played with them at recess. Like, it was so much fun. And then, like, like a I, few weeks later, used, she got laid off. I could have use that in school because um, finally I'm my sure mom did find a, a program in the city very similar to like where Allie and Jack work at oh kind of like the a, tutoring places Allie yeah, and John to, yeah yeah Allie and John sorry it's okay no I knew I knew you knew which one of them worked there I just wanted to they're gonna make fun of me after they listen no they to won't <laughs> no they won't but um you know like a hunt hunt Huntington um, I don't remember the name of the place. The it was, tutoring only, type it was place. yeah, it was only local to Kansas City, but but that um, was private tutoring, right? But yeah, and they specialized in those things. And learning disability which oh, saved my life. So I would that's great. Do all my school stuff and then go there several times a week, on top of being at school and then being involved in all the drama and dance classes and of course stuff I did because well, the yeah. arts the arts saved my life. If I hadn't had that, oh god, I don't even want to know. What kind of, did you do school-related art stuff, or mostly outside of school? Uh, both. Okay. Yeah, I was in the drama club, I was in choir, um, I did all that. Because I've also got, this gets fun, because I actually found out about some of this a little later on, because I had to get retested when I was going into college, just to update my records. Um... I have dysgraphia, which affects the way I write and how I hold a pen. I cannot really? write for very long. Oh. So I am really thankful for the invention of computers. Yeah, I was going to say. Though it's ironic because since I use them so much, I get carpal tunnel. <laughs> um, but I ain't one I, thing, I, it's the next. I also have dyscalculia, which affects math. Mm -hmm. I transpose numbers. Um, and oh, then, so there is a separate... Uh, yep. Cool. And then as it, you get further along in the world of math, when it starts getting into logic, mm -hmm. my brain just sort of goes, hell Hazy. no. <laughs> this is not logical Log in my head. Are you kidding me? Really? Nah. Like word problem type things? or Yeah, I hate word problems. Yeah. I hate them. It's like, it's almost like my brain just shuts off when yeah. it sees that. I remember... I I remember that being a big thing for young people when I was going through school. Like, the 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 difference... I feel like it was a big, like, marking line in a math class of the students who understood word problems and could read a paragraph and discern that there was a math problem in it and versus the kids who were just like, what? You put numbers in a paragraph? Like, why is this happening? And it's just like, it's proof positive that people just learn our brains work in such different ways. Well, because, like, my dad would be helping me with my homework, and he loves word problems. For him, this was fun. Mm -hmm. And he's sitting here helping me with this, and all I'm thinking is, I like, like word the, problems I was too. like, what the fuck is a widget, and why is oh, it in a sure. math problem with numbers? You, like, I was like, storytelling with numbers? What? No. Sure, right. 
And then I'm not completely positive about dysgraphia, if I wrote that down right. Looks right. Um, but it would also make sense of why I cannot tell the difference between right and left. Oh, really? Like, I'm not... People think I'm kidding. It's like, no, I really can't. When you're was learning how to drive, the driver's ed teacher would say to do this, mm-hmm. so you knew which Put way to turn, and I made a crack going, well, what if you can't tell which one is the L? Uh-huh. And I still can't. Oh. <laughs> and um, I'm also... Which Are you the, right-handed or left-handed? I am uh, right-handed. Okay. So I have to use visuals in my um, head and memorize what position my hands are in at the moment so I can distinguish... Which one's which? Right and left. Wow. And when I'm going through the city with directions, I have to check out where certain landmarks are so I can get a picture in my head because my brain works in fragmented uh, pictures. Mm -hmm. Not really anything else. more like spatial... Yeah, I, I see things in fragments of images, not so much. So that's why sometimes if I'm just... Uh, that's why reading was so hard, because there's just this printed oh, language sure. on the so paper. So spatially, you're just looking at... So it meant nothing to right, me. Right, right. Interesting. Yeah. So, f- yeah, if almost photographically... Uh, do you think it makes for a, a good memory in some in some ways, or...? Uh, not really, because oddly enough, even though I do have to rely on memorization for some things, mm-hmm. I have to repetition and over and over, mm-hmm. um, sometimes my memory, memorization is awful because, um, it can only work short term. Hmm. And, and part of that is also in school when you're like in history class, nobody tells you why you need to know this stuff. They're just like, here's a date. Know it for your test tomorrow. Right. And you're going, well, why the hell do I need to know what happened in 18-whatever? Right. I, okay. So if somebody did something, that's great. Right, right, and, right. You know, you're already, like, 14 years old, so when you're that age, you don't Nothing matters. total shit yeah, about yeah, me. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, I don't care. This is boring. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. So, I mean... That's that's pretty telling, though, feeling like being at that age and going through not caring about what was going on, and but also dealing with not being able to really know what was going on learning-wise. So, Ugh. yeah, it was incredibly frustrating. Like, I'm sure. I'll, cause I'll never did you have a tutor when you were in college? Uh, yes, I sure did. There were, there were some programs like at, uh, Kansas University. I had a really great one. Was that provided by the school? Yeah, it was something they had at great. the school. What so, was your major? Um, well, I started out in theater. Right. Thinking, I'm going to be an actress. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> that, t- you know, several major changes later. Right. Um, I ended up with, um... Uh, general studies and American studies focus on jazz history and a minor in English. Jazz history? Cool. That'll get you a job. That's fucking cool, though. I mean, you know, English. It was a really really expensive learning experience. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much, like, the actual content of it, like, how much major effects, uh, you know, 
things like that anymore, especially because I think a lot of schools are going to more liberal arts education. Maybe if you need like a specified degree, but otherwise I just feel like having a degree is important. Part. I was proud of myself for you should be getting it though. My um, not to sound like I'm all like, oh, woe is me. Because I sure don't want that to come across that way. I don't way, think it does. But, um, I don't see it that way at all. My uh, eighth grade English teacher, um, I will refrain from saying <laughs> what her name was, Mrs. Calm. Uh, um, <laughs> um, I'll never forget this. We were. It was in a parent-teacher conference, actually. I think my parents were there. But wow. she also told me one day, you know, in the classroom... That um, I would be lucky if I got through high school and don't even bother with college because you're not going to make it. Who in the fuck tells a 14-year-old child this, especially when you're a teacher? What? So wrong on every level. That's fucking offensive, man. That's that's uncalled for. when, When I saw her about... Just because of your... But you didn't know you had Yeah, I didn't even know I had point. it. And But especially her as a person of education should have had half of a brain to, is... to know the difference between just a troubled kid. But even if I had been a troubled kid, you still don't say that. That's offensive on so many levels. You just don't... Like... She should have known that's just going... Because so it almost sounds like she was just, like, wishing that upon you. Like, ugh, good luck, kid. Pretty like, much. That's so offensive and so is, unprofessional. This was a woman who would dock your grade if you didn't staple your paper in the right corner. It's like, screw the fact of your content of what you spent all night writing. Yeah. That's irrelevant. Your staple's in the wrong spot! <laughs> But wow. we called her, um, she was really short. Miss Calm? Mrs. Calm, as in, uh, Calm. Yeah. But spelled with a K. That's just kind of ironic. Um, <laughs> she was short and she was, we called her an evil elf. <laughs> she was. She, she was a nasty person. She even made the straight eight kids cry. I mean, teaching is so, so hard. It really is. And the school's... Don't do anything to, it's just too hard for the school systems as they exist now to, like, try to encourage good teaching. Honestly. It's, 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 that seems very pessimistic, but, I mean, we were just talking about, like, programs getting cut that shouldn't be, and, and, you know, I don't think that's encouraging anyone to be a, a stellar teacher. It's just making them bitter. Well, and, and it's a and vicious circle. The ones that really do care aren't given the platform exactly to do what they would like to do. Exactly, I've got they have to teach to standards and stuff. Who like were teachers here in Chicago, and they said my job turned into a desk paperwork. Yeah, that was and then surprising. I was then they were laid off at the end of the year. Yeah, I have a friend in South Carolina who's a high school teacher. She teaches uh, high school English. She teaches the, like, lowest, like, remedial level of high school English, basically. And uh, she's so, 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 so smart. She was an improviser with me in college. Um, So she has, like, a fun improviser brain. She's absolutely one of the funniest people I've ever met. And I'm sure she does. Like, she'll always tell us about weird things that she'll do during class that to just try to get, like, 
something out of the students because they're all just teenagers so they're trying so hard to just be nonchalant and cool that she's like basically performing for them and they just don't give her the time of day and it just crushes her she's just so sad like she just gets so sad by it and we're all you know she'll be telling us a story of something she did and we're just like weeping with laughter and uh and she's getting really burnt out, and she may not be a teacher for much longer, because the students don't appreciate what she's doing. The school, I mean, she doesn't get paid enough for how much work she does. She does a lot of extracurricular type groups as well. She does, like, she coaches, like, the trivia team and stuff like that. And it's just proof positive of, like, this person who has wanted to be a teacher for a long time, and could be and is a, an amazing and caring teacher, but just she's just getting so burnt out on, like, the amount of apathy that she's surrounded by all the time. And it's, it's funny, because a few years um, later, I was a sophomore in high school at this point. I ran into Mrs. Calm, because I had to visit my old middle school for something. I can't mm-hmm. remember what it was. And I told her that mm-hmm. I had been diagnosed with learning disabilities and she just got this look on her face of like, oh, shit. What? Really? Her face was she like turned, mortified? turned white and she just was Good. like... Good! She was like, oh. And I'm like, yep. Thanks. Yep, lady, there you go. Thanks and, for telling me I and, wouldn't finish high school. And like, if Mrs. Calm would not listen to this, but guess what, lady? I got two college degrees now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to photocopy them and send them to you. That's you know, awesome. Because it, it's, it's funny, especially after that. Every time somebody told me I could not do something, I turn around and I do it. That's awesome. That's really, really awesome. I mean, I admit for a time in high school, I looked at this like a complete and total bummer. Of course. It's just like... How could you not? It's like, I'm already an awkward teenager. Great! Now I have learning disabilities. Oh, this is fun. Cause okay. It, it it just it it affected everything I did because I also love to sing, but it affects how I interpret music really? and how I learn it. Because I don't hear things the same way the rest of you all do. Like hmm. they thought I was deaf when I was little. Really. And so I had to get my hearing tested. It's like my hearing's fine. I just don't interpret the sounds of letters or music notes hmm. the same way people do and so like learning a song for a little bit until I really really know it my pitch will be off or me trying to figure out where that Mm -hmm. note is in that spectrum Mm -hmm. so it's having to do it over and over so I can like train my brain to get it Mm -hmm. um I guess that that kind of leads a little bit into like how do you think it affects you now like We've talked a lot about when you were growing up and when you were in school, but how how do you think on a like day to day basis? Uh... Um, as of lately, it's still um like I um I love music improv. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that is where my dyslexia has affected me lately. Really, big time. Ah, uh, bummer. Because it's kind of affected whether or not I've wanted to take. A certain class mm-hmm. or do certain things because for me and to do music improv well and where I'm not I, I it drives me nuts when I 
see the music improv thing happening and the person just starts yelling. Yeah. And I have a halfway decent singing voice. I'm all right. Mm. So I want to be able to do it right. I don't want to just get up there and shout and blow my voice out. Sure. But when the person, the musical director is playing the music, I literally will sing along with the accompaniment. Oh. Not, I can't create my own melody. Oh. So it's really frustrating because I have to rely on my ears. I see what you mean. Yeah. And so I can't create my own tune. So typically, yeah, the melody would be playing kind of as like a guideline and the improviser would, you know, be improvising words and a tune of their own, not necessarily what the piano is playing. And yeah. you struggle with being able to do yeah, that. Yeah. And so it just... That was more informationally than like for the sake of information about musical improv than like anything else. But yeah, it, it literally sounds like I'm singing in a straight line. I sound like the teacher from Ferris Bueller. Yeah. In like Ben Stein. Straight on monotone. <laughs> Basically, it's it's the musical of Ben Stein Bueller. <laughs> um and it, it it's affected me at work a few times, so I have to make sure when customers call that I've got to ask several times, how do you spell your name again? Mm -hmm. What letters were those? Because mm -hmm. I'll transpose, especially like B's and P's, mm -hmm. or letters that look similar. Mm -hmm. They may not sound the same, but they'll uh, if they have any resemblance to each other, I'll flip it mm. and change the combination around so mm -hmm. i just have to be extra diligent mm -hmm. but it's funny i deal with Ticketmaster, which right. is straight up Ticketmaster code 1980s dos again when none of you were born <laughs> watch the 1980s movie war games with matthew broadwick you know uh, what i mean i've never seen war games it's awesome i've awesome. heard i've heard about it before but i've just never seen it but uh I, I have to, this was before kids, when the mouse was not invented, you had to tell the computer what to do. All the commands. So I have, yeah. to, I have to type in commands on a you daily do? basis. All oh, the time. Oh, Jesus. And it's funny because. I hate I, that shit. I'm insanely dyslexic. Yeah. Here. This is my job. Right. And That's I do crazy. it. Do you, if there's like an error in the command line, does it like tell you that there's an error and you have to figure out what it is or something like that? Uh, sometimes. Like, if you transpose two things and it's like, oh, no, that's not right. Yeah, it depends Everyone. on what error you make. Gotcha. Once in a blue moon, there has been something where I did it and it would go through to what it needed to do, but then it made a real bad mistake. And then uh -huh. I was like, oh, shit, I don't know how to fix this. Sometimes it's nice because you can always correct it, but once in a while it was like, oh, crap that's what did funny. i just make the computer do that's really crazy uh yeah i was just curious because i i feel like learning disabilities get focused on a lot in like school and in discussion in school stuff but i feel like you don't think about the fact that like you have to live with the learning disability for your whole life you know because i've part had, of who you are i've had people who've said, oh, you've overcome it. Well, no, I wouldn't no. call that the right term. I just finished school with it, and now I still have it. <laughs> it's like, I'm, I'm always gonna have it. it. It's not like it's gonna just go away. I've just have... learned how to not let it define me. Sure. I define it. Uh-huh. And so, 
I learned how to have it in my life. Cool. And I actually, in a bizarre way, I consider it a blessing. I I remember you telling me that. Uh, I think probably the first time, you know, a couple weeks ago when you told me that you wanted to come on, that you said you think it's kind of a blessing. What? Expound upon that. Um, well, it's made me who I am. Mm -hmm. And I kind of take pride in the fact that my brain thinks differently. And I think that's cool. My, Your brain absolutely thinks differently. My brain is not like other brains, because the psychologist that retested me when I was 19 was a super awesome guy. Cool. Um, and we, I, we learned, because, you know, by that point, this was in 98, hopefully some of you were born by now. I was 10. I was 19. <laughs> Oy vey. Um... Oh, he was so cool, but um, th they had now learned so much more. Yeah. But he was like, he's like, I know this has been really frustrating for you, but don't look at it like a crutch. He's like, I want you to keep challenging yourself. That's and amazing. And going after the things that are hard. He's like, obviously there's certain limitations. Like, there was a logic class. I had to take in college. It was supposed to count as the same prerequisite as a speech class. Mm -hmm. Don't ask me how mm -hmm. that falls into that at all. I flunked that sucker. But it was it, a logic class? Yeah, literally about logic. And I thought there was absolutely nothing logical about it. Wouldn't that be all word problem type stuff? Kind of. It, it was really fucked up. I I was failing it so bad I didn't show up for the final. Because mm -hmm. I was like, why? Mm -hmm. And then I ended up taking speech. Which, with my dyslexia, was my worst nightmare. Yeah, Having to memorize something and or read in front of people is like that when other people have dreams about walking through school naked, mine's having to just be called upon to read. That's funny. Uh, public speaking is widely considered one of the largest common fears. Oh, yeah. Isn't that interesting? Oh, it's just the worst. It's like public speaking and then death. I think, <laughs> is, I think is the, like, common, like, joke. And then people are like, I'll take death. Yeah, Thank exactly. You. I'll uh, take death for 300. <laughs> How, uh, were there any, like... Aside from, I mean, obviously, this, your psychology dad when you're 19 sounds amazing. I'm glad there have been people like that along the way, and not just the people who have been telling you that, you know, who didn't understand it. Um, were, did you have any other, like, resources for information, or did you ever read about it, or, like... Um, yeah, gradually along the way, because by this point, the internet had been invented. Right. Um, well, technically, it was invented in the 70s. But right. But I'm a nerd. It wasn't accessible, though, until oh, the yeah, 90s. Oh, yeah, no. But um, once it was starting to be one of those accessible things when we got AOL. Right. Um, you had to use keywords. Um, I was able to start finding Informing stuff. Yourself. And my mom would um, look up things, too, and gradually along the way. Um, and I mean, I'm still looking up stuff, though I have to say recently I was really disappointed with my search, because oh, some really? of them are so targeted towards small children oh. that they put the information on there in really, really simple terms, so if a kid is looking this up, they'll get what they're looking at, 
but an but adult. But there's like nothing down. for adults. Huh? That's so interesting. Which I found super interesting because I'm like, wouldn't it be nice if there was a website about learning disabilities with adults in the work world? Because this is affecting. You can't some... find anything like that. Mm-mm. Would you have any interest in trying to like make it happen? If I knew how to make a website, yeah, I don't sure. <laughs> HTML or whatever that you I don't. You could always just start really. like a blog or something. I don't know. Who knows? I might. Just a thought. I do have a Tumblr page. I've been thinking of gotta use that for something. Really? Well, just a thought. Uh, cool. I well, we've already touched on this. Uh, obviously, a pretty good bit, but uh, you know, my last question is usually, how do you think that your experience with dyslexia? Uh, has affected your life, but more specifically your creative life, your life as a performer. These are these are both. We talked a lot about all of the above, so I know it might be hard to like narrow down specifics, but well, as my life, it's made me go after things I'm scared of, hmm. and do things that I might think are hard mm-hmm. because I'm not going to let just because I flip a few letters around sure. stop me from whatever that is. I mean, I up and moved here when I was 26 on my own. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to go back to school again. And I hate being in an academic environment, of course. but I did it anyway. Um, so it, it, it pushes me. To to strive for those things. And then um, as a performer, because improv has been a godsend. If I could have had this tool when I was a child while learning in school, oh my god. Really? You think so? Oh, yeah. Why do you think that? Just the way it trains your brain to look at stuff. Like if this... Paying attention to pieces and stuff. It teaches you how to be hyper aware how to listen. Man, that's and, fucking and, cool. And, and look at things differently. Because improv is used in the work world now. They do workshops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Major sure. Businesses, but how it affects your communication. But if I could have had this tool in school mm-hmm. while I was learning, I probably would have been a freaking straight A student. Wow. If I had had this. But yeah, it's. Um, wow. I hmm. don't know. But, I, yeah, and, and it's actually in a weird way when I do transpose and miss here, it's made for some hilarious scenes. I know, and I, I always misunderstood something that Allie has said, mm-hmm. or I accidentally forgot what I said earlier and say the wrong number, but it ends up being the funniest thing right. in the whole world. I definitely harp on you guys about using mistakes as uh, fodder instead of just calling them out, like, in a negative way. Just, uh... Like, Allie laughs a lot during scenes, so I've had to, like, get on her about just her character, make it that her character's laughing, like, find a reason why your character's laughing and stuff like that. Um, uh, well, that is awesome. I, uh, how do you, I know improv has helped you to see the, you know, peace in a different way, and like you said, hyper-focus, how do you think that, I I mean, I could probably answer this question 
from my perspective of watching you as a coach and just, you know, as a fellow improviser, uh, you said this before, and I didn't get a chance to comment on it, that your brain works really differently. And I think that's what you bring to the team is I, I think quite why even more specifically than like a lot of other teams has so many different like thinkers and performers and for like somehow it all becomes cohesive. But to me, it seems like, like some teams you can just tell they're very similar players, you know, and that's why they work well together. You guys work well together, but you're not similar players. Like you guys oh, all wow. come from very different mental spaces. How do you think your, uh, you know, dyslexia and your like learning disability, the way, like you said, like spatially, um, the way you remember things, how do you think that affects your, you as an improviser? Well, it, it helps because I see things in such a fragmented photo image type way. And then because of improv that you've got to be so spontaneous, it's mm-hmm. almost like I can combine the two. Cool. And then... So you can I just can, use like, that I can photo yeah, image as... it out. Cool. Like, for example, like in classes where you have to give reports or essays, if I could have been allowed to... You know, learning the information, but if I had just been allowed to get Expound up and just it. speak myself without having to write things down and just give an oral answer or even to have made it fun and acted out, hmm. I probably would have aced all my tests. Wow. That's really cool, man. Cause I, it I, bums. I mean, I think it's cool that your brain works like that. It's not cool no, that I'm, like I'm not, you struggled with that, but... And I'm not going to lie. Zip Zap Zop is the improv game from hell really? for me. Yeah. I fucking hate I've noticed game. I've noticed that about uh, but, um, about I, you in warm-ups, but you know what? You always fucking power through it, you know? But that's why I'm glad we do it. Because in my head, I'm going, stupid fucking I know. game, I'm going to play this I've fucking no- game. <laughs> I've noticed so that bad. when we warm up. So I try to avoid, especially before shows, I try to avoid ones that are too, like, structured or, or, or like, you know, I, uh, frustrating uh, for you. But I like... I love watching you, like, like you said, like, you try to do things that you don't know if you can do. I fucking hate patterns. Yeah. <laughs> I hate them. It's like, in, in, anywhere I've that been, and they'll be like, so... let's play Zip Zap Zop, and I'm just like, oh, god damn it, I gotta play this again. I'm like, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> but, you know, I'm like, alright, I'll, I'll suck it up and power through it. And I know in the long run, it's actually good for your brain because i was listening to an npr um news thing um several months back for people who have early stages of alzheimer's they're using games like these as treatment and doing short form improv that's awesome to help um i'm gonna have to look that up um dormant i guess you could say the symptoms and give them some ounce of prolonging things. I mean, obviously they probably have to look into medicational therapies as well, uh-huh. but it's something that a lot of them will combine huh. along with the medication to just help sharpen, you know, give them some ounce of having their life back for a little bit. Right. For as long as you can, yeah. Like, I wish I could have done that for my grandfather. Sure. But, you know. that's That's really cool. I'm definitely going to have to look that up. This has been fantastic. 
and informative, and you're a gem. And I'm really thankful that you wanted to share this with me and eventually with listeners. Yay! Uh, and you know the last thing that I say at the end of every episode. Yes, I do. And that is that I love you and I mean that. Aww. <laughs> love you too. Aww. This has been a Nerdalogs production. For more on the Nerdalogs and our shows, please go to www.nerdalogs.com. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.